Section 23 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Dodge. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 1 by Giorgio Vasari, translated by Gaston Viver, section 23, Life of Tommaso, called Giottino, painter of Florence. When those arts that proceed from design come into competition and their craftsmen work in rivalry, without doubt the good intellects exercising themselves with much study discover new things every day in order to satisfy the various tastes of men, and some, speaking for the present of painting, executing works obscure and unusual and demonstrating in them the difficulty of making them, make known by the shadows the brightness of their genius. Others, fashioning the sweet and delicate, thinking these to be likely to be more pleasing to the eyes of all who behold them by reason of their having more relief, easily attract to themselves the minds of the greater part of men. Others, again, painting with unity and lowering the tones of their colors, reducing to their proper places the lights and shades of their figures, deserve very great praise and reveal the thoughts of the intellect with beautiful dexterity of mind, even as they were ever revealed with a sweet manner in the works of Tommaso di Stefano, called Giottino, who, being born in the year 1324, and having learnt from his father the first principles of painting, resolved, while still very young, to attempt, in so far as he might be able with assiduous study, to be an imitator of the manner of Giotto, rather than that of his father Stefano. In this attempt he succeeded so well that he gained thereby, besides the manner which was much more beautiful than that of his master, the surname of Giottino, which never left him, nay, by reason both of the manner and of the name it was the opinion of many, who, however, were in very great error, that he was the son of Giotto. But in truth, it is not so. It being certain, or, to speak more exactly, believed it being impossible for such things to be affirmed by any man, that he was the son of Stefano, painter of Florence. He was, then, so diligent in painting, and so greatly devoted to it, that although many of his works are not to be found, those nevertheless that have been found are good and in a beautiful manner for the reason that the draperies, the hair, the beards, and all the rest of his work were made and harmonized with so great softness and diligence that it is seen that without doubt he added harmony to this art and had it much more perfect than his master, Giotto, and his father, Stefano. In his youth, Giottino painted a chapel 
near the side door of San Stefano al Ponte Vecchio in Florence, wherein, although it is to-day much spoilt by damp, the little that has remained shows the dexterity and genius of the craftsman. Next he made the two saints, Cosimo and Damiano, for the Frati Ermini in the Canto alla Massina. But little is seen of them to-day, for they too have been ruined by time. And he wrought in fresco a chapel in the old San Spirito in that city, which was afterwards ruined by the burning of that church. And in fresco, over the principal door of the church, the story of the sending of the Holy Spirit, and on the square before the said church, on the way to the Canto alla Cuculia, on the corner of the convent, he painted that shrine that is still seen there, with Our Lady and other saints round her, wherein both the heads and the other parts lean strongly towards the modern manner, for the reason that he sought to vary and to blend the flesh colors, and to harmonize all the figures with grace and judgment by means of a variety of colors and draperies. In like manner he wrought the stories of Constantine with much diligence in the chapel of San Silvestro in San Croce, showing very beautiful ideas in the gestures of the figures. And then behind an ornament of marble made for the tomb of Messer Bertino di Bardi, a man who at that time had held honorable military rank, he made this Messer Bertino in armor, after the life, issuing from the sepulchre on his knees, being summoned with the sound of the trumpets of the judgment by two angels who are in the air accompanying a beautifully wrought Christ in the clouds, on his right hand of the entrance of the door of San Pancrasio, the same man made a Christ who is bearing his cross, and some saints near him that have exactly the manner of Giotto. In San Gallo, which convent was without the gate, called by the same name, and was destroyed in the siege, in a cloister there was a pietà painted in fresco, whereof there is a copy in the aforesaid San Pancrasio, on a pillar beside the principal chapel. In Santa Maria Novella, in the chapel of San Lorenzo di Giocci, as one enters by the door on the left on the front wall, he wrought in fresco a San Cosimo and a San Damiano, and in Agnesanti a San Christopher and a San George, which were spoilt by the malice of time, and then restored by other painters, by reason of the ignorance of a provost little conversant with such matters. In the said church there has remained whole the arch that is over the door of the sacristy, wherein there is in fresco a Madonna with the child in her arms by the hand of Tommaso, which is a good work, by reason of his having wrought it with diligence. By means of these works, Giottino has acquired so good a name, imitating his master both in design and invention, as it has been told, that there was said to be in him the spirit of Giotto himself, both because of the vividness of his coloring and his mastery and draftsmanship, and in the year 1343, on July the 2nd, when the Duke of Athens was driven out by the people 
and when he had renounced the sovereignty and restored their liberty to the florentines giottino was forced by the twelve reformers of the state and in particular by the prayers of messer agnola accioli then a very great citizen who had great influence with him to paint in contempt on the tower of the palace of the podesta the said duke and his followers who were messer sertieri Stamini, messer maladiesi his conservator and messer ranieri di san gimenano all with the cap of justice ignominiously on their heads round the head of the duke were many beasts of prey and other sorts signifying his nature and his character and one of those his counsellors had in his hand the palace of the priors of the city was handing it to him like a disloyal traitor to his country and all had below them the arms and emblems of their families and some writings which can hardly be read to-day because they have been eaten away by time in this work both by reason of the draughtsmanship and of the great diligence wherewith it was executed the manner of the craftsmen gave universal pleasure to all afterwards at the campora a seat of the black friars without the porta a san piero gattolini he made a san cosimo and a san damiano which were spoilt in the whitewashing of the church and on the bridge of romiti in valdarno he painted in fresco the shrine that is built over the middle with his own hand and in a beautiful manner it is found recorded by many who wrote thereon that tommaso applied himself to sculpture and wrought a figure in marble on the campanile of santa maria di fiori in florence four braccia high and facing the place where the orphans now dwell in san giovanni laterano in rome likewise he brought to fine completion a scene wherein he represented the pope in several capacities which is now seen to have been eaten away and corroded by time and in the house of the orsini he painted a hall full of famous men with a very beautiful san louis on a pillar in the aricelli on the right hand beside the altar in the lower church of the san francesco at assisi in an arch over the pulpit there being no other space that was not painted he wrought the coronation of our lady with many angels round her so gracious so beautiful in the expression of the faces and so sweet and delicate in manner that they show with the usual harmony of color which was something peculiar to this painter that he had proved himself the peer of all who had lived up to that time and round this arch he made some stories of saint nicholas in like manner in the monastery of san chiara in the same city in the middle of the church he painted a scene in fresco wherein is san chiaro supported in the air by two angels who appear real she is restoring to life a child that was dead while round her are standing many women all full of wonder with great beauty in the faces in the very gracious headdresses and costumes of those times that they are wearing in the same city of assisi over the gate of the city that leads to the duomo namely in an arch on the inner side 
he made a madonna with the child in her arms with so great diligence that she appears alive and a saint francis and another saint both very beautiful both of which works although the story of san chiaro remains unfinished by reason of tommaso having fallen sick and returned to florence are perfect and most worthy of all praise it is said that tommaso was melancholic in temperament and very solitary but with respect to art devoted and very studious as is clearly seen from a panel in the church of sant romeo in florence wrought by him in distemper with so great diligence and love that there has never been seen a better work on wood by his hand in this panel which is placed in the tramezzo of the church on the right hand is a dead christ with the maries and nicodemus accompanied by other figures who are bewailing his death with bitterness and with very sweet and affectionate movements wringing their hands with diverse gestures and beating themselves in a manner that in the air of their faces there is shown very clearly their sharp sorrow at the so great cost of our sins and it is something marvelous to consider not that he penetrated with his genius to such a height of imagination but that he could express it so well with the brush wherefore this work is consummately worthy of praise not so much by reason of the subject and of the invention as because in it the craftsman has shown in some heads that are weeping that although the lineaments of those that are weeping are distorted in the brows in the eyes in the nose and in the mouth this however neither spoils nor alters a certain beauty which is wont to suffer much in weeping when the painters do not know well how to avail themselves of the good methods of art but it is no great thing that giottino should have executed this panel with so much consideration since in his labors he ever aimed rather at fame and glory than at any other reward being free from the greed of gain that makes our present masters less diligent and good and even as he did not seek to have great riches so he did not trouble himself much about the comforts of life nay living poorly he sought to satisfy others rather than himself wherefore taking little care of himself and enduring fatigue he died of consumption at the age of thirty-two and was given burial by his relatives at the martello gate without santa maria novella beside the tomb of bontura disciples of giottino who left more fame than wealth were giovanni tosicani of arezzo michelino giovanni dal ponte and lippo who were passing good masters of this art but above all giovanni tosicani who made many works throughout all tuscany after tommaso and in the same manner as his and in particular the chapel of santa maria maddalena belonging to the tuccarelli in the pieve of arezzo and a saint james on a pillar in the pieve of the township of impoli in the duomo of pisa also he wrought some panels which have been since removed in order to make room for the modern 
the last work that he made was in a chapel of the vescovado of arezzo for the countess giovanna wife of tarlata di pitramala namely a very beautiful annunciation with st james and st philip which work by reason of the back of the wall being turned to the north was little less than completely spoilt by damp when maestro agnola di lorenzo of arezzo restored the annunciation and shortly afterward giorgio vasari still a youth restored the st james and st philip to his own great prophet having learnt much at that time when he had not the advantage of other masters by studying giovanni's method of painting and the shadows and colors of that work spoilt as it was in this chapel there are still read those words in an epitaph of marble in memory of the countess who had it built and painted anno domini thirteen thirty five demenci augusti hanc capellum constitui fecit nobilis domina cometissa johanna de sancta flora uxor nobilis militis domini tarlate di petramala ad honorum beate maria virginis of the works of the other disciples of giottino there is no mention made seeing that they were but ordinary and little like those of the master and of giovanni tosicani their fellow disciple tommaso drew very well as it may be seen in our book in certain drawings wrought by his hand with much diligence End of section 23